Welcome to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. You'll learn how to navigate the global shift of consciousness and explore the deeper knowledge within. Welcome home. Now here's your host, Dr. Kelly Neff. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Kelly Neff, and you are listening to Lucid Planet Radio. Please stay with us for the next hour and let us help you experience healing, inspiration, and knowledge the first Wednesday of every month on Lucid Planet Radio, we will have some of the most gifted scientists, healers, speakers, and authors helping you to become the greatest version of yourself. And oh my goodness, you guys, I am finally back on the air after what it's basically been, I think, a nine-month hiatus spent writing my brand new book, Sex Positive. Um, and this book is all about... If you're curious, um, it's about the new sexual revolution that our generation is experiencing from gender fluidity to sex robots to sexting, polyamory, spiritual sex, reclaiming the female orgasm, healing past traumas, and so on. Um, So if you like my show and my vibe, you're probably going to love this book. It's out in February 2020. It has taken literally like been a birthing process this year to get it done. Um, So I appreciate everybody kind of bearing with me and your patience and support while I was doing that. But I'm back, baby. (laughs) Um, And so you can always keep streaming all of our shows at thelootstotheplanet.com, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. And you can also find me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, The Lucid Planet. So since we're coming back into the swing of things, it's October and we're getting into my favorite time of year, which is that kind of spooky fall season vibe. So I thought it would be fun to do a show on a topic that it is a little spooky for some people, but it's also can be immensely healing and beneficial for other people. And so something I've been really curious about, which is past lives and past life regression hypnotherapy. Now, I'm a psychologist, so anything hypnotherapy or regression therapy just naturally appeals. And also, some of the things I've read about past lives is their potential to impact our current lives. And that's really where I think some of the healing can come into it. Um, if, you've, if, you've, if you're out there and you've read or heard of Brian Weiss's Many Lives, Many Masters, I read that book about a decade ago, and it really kind of changed my perception about time and lives and what we're doing here. It's a big question. So I'm really excited to have a guest on the show today, Bren Blankenship, who actually specializes in this technique and is the author of The Limitless Soul, Hypno-Regression Case Studies into the Past, Present, and Future Lives. And she is the founder and executive director of the Braith Center in North Carolina. She's also a certified master hypnotherapist and international instructor and author. So I'm really stoked to dig into this. Um, On that note, let's please welcome Bryn to the show. Hi, Bryn. Hey, thank you so much for having me on today. It's my pleasure. Um, I want to start the show by just asking you, because there might be some listeners who aren't familiar with the concept, what exactly is past life regression hypnotherapy? 
Well, past life hypnotherapy is a way of going into that deeper space. And regression means to go back, to go back in time. So you can do regression therapy to a current life issue, but you can also go back into the womb or into a past life to explore further some of your past lives and ex existences that you've lived and how they're influencing your life today. You can also go back into a past life and clear up or resolve issues that may be holding you back. And you can bring things back with you to um, support you. So awesome. that's why somebody would do that type of session. And I also specialize in soul expression, spiritual regression. That's a technique that I've developed. And that is regression to the between, into the cosmic realms, into the spirit world, where you're working with your soul on that level and those helpers that help us. So, um, you know, we can talk about that, but that's kind of a general overview of, of regression and the so, types of regression. And I'm sure there's people listening who are like super into this and there's other people that are like, are you serious? You can actually do that. So how yes. did you kind of discover this or what, what brought you here in your career? I, I read that you were um, in film and you kind of transitioned. Uh, what, mm -hmm. what happened? Well, I've had an interest in this since I was very young and even in church, I would wonder, you know, the preacher would talk about life everlasting and how the how we go on to greener pastures and all of those things. So I would wonder, well, how did we get here? And, yes. you know, coming out of church, we would stop and talk to the preacher and he would ask me, how did you enjoy the sermon? And I would ask him that. And my mother looked like she just wanted to crawl into the church. And she, <laughs> she would say, stop asking that. But I wanted to know where we come from. And then um, as I got older, I, you know, I took a traditional route and I had a traditional job, but I wanted to be an actress. I truly wanted to be an actress, but I didn't know how to get started. And um, I, I found a way to get started while I kept my day job. And then we, um, a group of us had a coach that we would fly in from LA and we worked with that coach and, and, you know, we studied a lot here on the East coast. And then I would travel. I would go wherever I needed to, to audition and to do work. And I did a lot of film. Uh, I'm sorry. I did a lot of commercials and a little bit of film. And Please. what happened was other people were working full time as an actor. And I'm like, I want to do that too. I want to quit the day job and I want this to support me. So I went to a hypnotherapist to help clear that because I was trying to understand what was holding me back. And I said, I think it's something from a past life. What can you do to help me with that? So we did a past life session and we did a few past life sessions. And in a couple of them, I was a starving artist. So there was that fear of um, stepping out there, you know, getting paid what you're worth, that sort of thing. And then there were other times I was very successful as a singer in Europe. Um, and so I'd had both ends of the spectrum from the creative side mm. and tapping into that cleared some things, but I went into a session. One of the sessions I went into took me into a future progression. Mm. Now a future progression is where you're tapping into something that's coming up. And, um, I thought I was going to be doing a past life session that day, but I went into this future scene and I'm standing in prairie grass and 
Um, I'm seeing these rolling hills and there are trees and apples hanging on those trees. And I'm just walking through the orchard, having my pick. So it was a metaphorical and my guides, my team of guides came in and started talking with me and they said, you're going to go out for one thing and come back with another. Mm. Now at this point, I thought I was going to New York, but what happened was I got home from that session and I'm still trying to process what just happened. You know, <laughs> what was mm-hmm. that? And, um, and I'm, you know, I'm in the chair saying these things, I'm seeing these things. And then I'm like, wow. And, um, my friend from LA called and she'd been out there about five years and she said, Bren, you need to come out. You'll do really well here and you can come stay with me for a couple of weeks, but just come out. So I did, I went out there, I joined an acting class, which just happened to be down the street and someone in class saw me. I started auditioning. Um, for their, their agent, I went into audition and she signed me on the spot. And then that was my job to audition three, four times a a day, five days a week. And I was in heaven. Like, this is what I want to do. This is what I've been wanting for a long time. And then as time went on, I booked commercials, booked some film and I was one location in the grapevine North of LA Mm -hmm. and standing I had my trailer. I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I've got my trailer behind me with star on the door and my name. And I'm, I, I'm standing there looking at the, the valley down below with this grass and these trees where we were filming under one of those trees. And someone said, hey, you, you better watch out because I was wearing my Birkenstock sandals. <laughs> and they said there could be snakes in that grass. Mm. And so I looked down at my feet. I looked up. And then I like had this moment, I spun around and I was back in the session mm-hmm. from a year ago in that grass, looking at the scene under the trees it was exactly what I had seen. Almost like a deja vu. Yes. Except that it didn't have apples on those trees. And so that was really, really awesome. And then I was out there for a couple of years doing that work, but I never forgot that. And I looked for ways that I could bring this back home for others. Because I knew what I, the blocks that I had worked through, I had stage fright too. Mm-hmm. I'd do fine until you put the camera on me and, you know, I'd overthink it. And so, and then it was great because I was supported by other actors out there, well-known people. They have the same issues. You know, you think that because they're so well-known that they don't have those issues, but it was like being around my tribe. They were creative people. They were vulnerable, open with their emotions, and so much fun. Um, but they had some of the same stuff that they were dealing with, which made me understand a little bit more about myself. Um, so then I came home, and I decided to travel where my teachers were so that I could study with them and then bring that back to North Carolina. Who were some of the people that you studied with? Well, I, I studied with Roger Wolger. He's, um, he's well-known in the field for other lives, other selves. And he's, uh, um, he's from, was, he has, he's since passed a couple of years back. Um, but he is from England and he was a really wonderful teacher. He focused on ancestral work and mm-hmm. what we carry forward in our genes, as well as those subtle energy patterns that get stored, um, in our subtle bodies, the, the, long the things that get passed down from generation to generation um and then i also studied with michael newton 
Um, in fact, I was on a study track with Roger Wolger when I switched over and studied with Michael Newton. Um, I mean, I really thought that I was going to do Roger's work. And when I read Michael Newton's work, it clicked. And I actually moved forward with him, helped start the Newton Institute, served as a board member for seven and a half, eight years. I am a lead instructor with the Newton Institute and have taught with them internationally, as well as my own students. So, you know, I really connected with the Life Between Lives work of Michael Newton, Journey of Souls, yeah. Destiny of yeah. Souls. And then I also studied with Brian Weiss after all of that. <laughs> um, I just wanted to learn what I could with him. And uh, Many Lives, Many Masters is his book. And I was fortunate enough to have one of my case studies included in Brian Weiss's book, and um, as well as um, Michael Newton's book, a couple of Michael Newton's books. Can you tell us about one of these case studies? Well, so in Brian Weiss's book, that case study is about a woman that she... Um, let me just think here for a second. She was coming in to clear some of the feelings that she had when she would pass a plantation on the South. She had a longing for the plantation. There's something about the cotton field and being out there. And this is this blonde, white, petite, blue-eyed woman. And she just she wanted to explore through past life regression. Mm-hmm. And so when she went into the past life, she was a black slave on the plantation named Sugar. And, um, you know, very different from the life she has now, but um, she went through that life and ended up being educated by the plantation owner because she and his daughter were about the same age and um, went on to um, become one of the first female doctors in Virginia um, during that time. So it was pretty exciting to find that out through the past life regression. We were able to get details and information um, and then confirm some of that following the session as well. I have a question, um, which is so interesting. We, it, you know, through hypnotherapy and regression therapy, it seems like it's pretty uh, common for people to be able to jump into um, out, um, into a moment. Can you also... I mean, is this saying that time is circular rather than linear? Can you jump to a future life in regression, or is that, I guess, called progression? You can. You can. And so sometimes I don't guide people there because sometimes people, their conscious mind, their conscious interference is trying to make things happen that they want to happen. And mm. it doesn't help them create a false reality. It More than that, it pulls them out of the session because they're overthinking it. But often in the session, as it's going along, um, guides are giving guidance into the future of some of their lifetimes and what is coming up for them. So in this uh, soul expression, spiritual regression sessions, that is that space between lives. And that's often where we're able to tune in and find out more about the themes that someone is working on through their incarnations Maybe it's a theme of betrayal or love, abandonment, you know, all of those kinds of yes. things. And then they may say, but this is your last lifetime working on that theme. Now you're going to start working on this other thing. Or mm. you have one more lifetime, one or two more lifetimes on this, and then you're going to start your next 
um, your next thing, your next um, piece that you're going to work with. So, you know, the other thing about lifetimes, they're not chronological when we go back. Um, right. I can guide a client to their most recent past life and their most recent one could have been in the 1600s. Yes. Yet we know that they've had a life in the 1940s. Do you think that everybody reincarnates? I would say no, but most do. Have you, ever, have you had a client who was like a new soul or a star seed or anything like that? Well, I've had, now tell me your definition of a star seed just to make sure I'm on the oh, right Oh, I'm, I'm thinking like somebody who came from another realm or another okay. planet. That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah. I have had lots of clients that are star seeds, okay, that have had lifetimes on other planets. In fact, that's the next book that's coming out. Ooh, um, cool. Yes. And what happens is they bring their gifts with them from these other planets. That's where some of the skill sets with energy work and creativity, light, sound, technology, exactly. They bring that in with them. And, um, um, you know, Earth is the emotional planet. So we come here to experience emotions and to learn to manage that and to manage emotions. So just managing your emotions is half of the battle of being here. Um, so Very the true. more you incarnate, you get a you on Earth, you get used to what it's like to be here. Um, now, I don't, I'm trying to recall, I don't think I've had anyone that has not had a previous incarnation. Cool. I had one that's a maybe, but we really need to explore that further with that client to get some information before I could say that's definitive. Most well, have had prior. Most have prior. So then that was my next question. Can everybody be hypnotized to connect either to the space in between or to past lives? Or are some people not in a place where they can access that? Well, most people can be hypnotized to do that if you're of sound mind and body. However... You have to be in the right headspace. You know, you can't be overly analytical. You have to learn to let go and kind of, you know, you're working with the, me. You're in the recliner. I'm talking to you and you're telling me what's happening. Mm-hmm. So you're letting go, tuning into that space. And the more you can just put your mind, your analytical mind towards the background, the more you can allow it to flow through. Because so, it's coming yeah. through and you might be saying, hmm, what is that? I see yeah. the scene or I feel something, but I'm not sure what that is yet. And then if you try to overanalyze, you, you're pulling yourself out. Yes. So um, what what does a, I'm, I'm just curious, um, what does a session with you look like? Like what happens um, if some, someone comes in and let's say they want to do the soul expression, spiritual regression? How does this usually unfold? Like they come into your office, mm-hmm. they sit down, so, tell, yeah, tell me what happens. All right. So to do that type of session, they would have already done at least one past life session with me prior. Okay. okay? And it's, it's set up in a certain way to prepare you for the Sessor session. The past life session is about two hours. And then the Sessor session is three to four hours. So you're in that deeper state for a long time. I want you to be able to get the most out of the Sessor. Um, and Sessor is an acronym for Soul Expression Spiritual Regression. Yes. And Sessor is assessment. It's a current life okay. assessment. 
So going into that deeper state after having done the past life session where we've explored a past life and found out some things about you and introduced you to your guides, this is spending more time with the guides in the between, in that spiritual space to find and follow your soul's guidance, to identify negative patterns so that you can move through your issues more quickly through this direct access to yourself. But more than that, this is a magnification of one's soul for greater alignment with soul for that guidance. Mm -hmm. So in that space, not only are you speaking with your guides, sometimes your soul advisory council will come through. Can you tell people what what the difference is between guides and soul advisory council? Yes. So the guides are the ones that work with you on the details on the day to day. They help, you know, with the details of what you're doing right now, whether you're aware of them or not. And they're available for assistance if you need help. The Soul Advisory Council is part of that group that helps you with the pre-planning of your lifetimes, your pre-planning of your incarnations. So they helped you with the life that you're in now and what you're going to bring with you to give you the tools and the connections to the people that you're going to make um, friends with or have significant um, connections with while incarnate. You know, they're setting all of those plans in place prior to incarnating. And they help with the bigger picture, but your your guides are in that, they're in that planning session, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But the Soul Advisory Council helps with the bigger picture, and then the guides help implement that. Um, and are these ancestral, like, are they related to you? Or are you incarnated? Yes. Do, you, do your souls come from the same place? You know, how do we get paired up with these? Um, so these are not generally ancestral connections your ancestral connections may come through your soul group or companion soul groups you know other related groups that are going to work with you um during your incarnations because your soul group is a smaller group of of individual souls that are working on the same kinds of things that you are along this path Mm -hmm. and um the the soul advisory council can exist with many many members you know, um, you can have occasionally it's a family member, but not usually they're not part of that, but there have been times where, um, you know, many times with my clients that soul advisory council members have been, um, from other dimensions, other planets. And, um, you know, they will comment that when you're on air planet, you're the, you're the, the alien, like to humans, we're the alien, but when you're where we are, they're yeah. the alien. Why do you say, think it is? Why do you think it is that we can jump planets and incarnate in different spaces? Is it because of the frequency of the different planets and the way that energy moves there that we need to learn yes. different things? Well, you know, it's like our soul body can travel. You know, yeah. our physical human body can't the way our soul body can travel, and in in human form, we need to anchor into the human body. You know, this is our vehicle and we need to anchor in and move it and connect with it. But on those other planets, I mean, there are other planets like that as well. But some of the planets, you don't need that. You just have all the light and you just go, you think it and you go there. Do you think people have any choice on, um, you know, where, what journey they're on or where they're going to incarnate or what's going to happen next? Can we change the course of our future lives? How do we do that? So when you're working with your soul advisory, soul advisory council, you know, there's the theme of what you're here to work on. 
There, there's what you're coming to do, right, at your core mm -hmm. of what you need. Now, how you do that can change. So it may be lined up that you're going to do this, but then you get to earth and you have free will. And so you say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking that path. And when you change direction like that and implement free will, which you can, it changes everybody else that was lined up. You know, you were helping them, they were helping you. And now you're on this other track I see. to learn the same lesson, but you're going to do it a different way. Yep. So like for my example, with my traditional job, had I stayed with that and stayed, you know, in the corporate world, then that was my track. But then I jumped tracks. Now, was it predestined that I was going <laughs> to do this with the acting? You know, it was kind of a burning desire. Time. Right. Um, or did I implement free will and say, no, I'm going to do this. But I did it. And then everything lined up that way. And then. You know, when I got into the hypnosis, it felt so natural to me when I started studying it, not only just doing it, but studying it, it felt so natural to me. It felt like this has been my calling all along. So was that always what I was going to do or is this just another way to get me there? It's um, a good question. <laughs> I think about it too. I mean, it's like, is it free will if you love, you just were drawn to something so much and that's what you felt like you had to do, or maybe you were being tested to see how much yes. you really were willing to sacrifice to do the thing that really was your heart's desire. I mean, it's super confusing. And, and the best part is like, we don't really know. And that's why I love talking to you about this because there, you know, none of this, we're not like here to offer you like empirical proof and data that this is exactly how it goes. And here's what happens after you die. And here's where you die. And here's where you're going to go. No, none of us can know that. We're just, it's, it's a exploration into the depths of human consciousness really is what we're talking about. Exactly. And we're just tapping into a small piece of awareness yeah. of that realm. Also and so true. what has happened through my own sessions that I've experienced, I will say that I, I learned to take the leap. And then once I learned how to do that, I understood how to do that again. Yeah. So it was part of my plan, but it was also, is she going to do this? You know, right. is she right. going to overcome these challenges to make that happen? And, and a lot of the time it's the leap without the seeing the net. Yes. And it's yeah. scary, but when you get used to doing that, yeah. and you, it's a, it's a calculated leap. You know, yeah. um, however, when you get used to doing that, um, wonderful things can happen. And then you learn to trust. So myself, I learned to have less worry and more trust in the divine plan. And that's mm -hmm. what we're doing for the, for the client in their own session, because they're finding out more about themselves and who these people are in their lives and why they're here and why they've had some of the experiences they've had. And they're being shown glimpses of their future now you know yeah. in this life and things that are coming up and it's incredible um you know i just had dinner with a client last night and um you know she was given glimpses of um a child that was going to be born Ooh. and um that child did come to fruition was born and that was many years ago but i've since met that child and it's incredible because <laughs> You know, I never know what's going to come up in a session. And here she is talking to the soul of a child, like, you know, yeah. just like we're having a conversation right now. And 
finding out when it was this this person was coming and why and now that child is here how do you deal with situations where your clients go through very traumatic recalls of information well so it can be painful to experience the loss of a loved one to know that you could have stood up for someone that you didn't and, and they died because of you or you know for something that you didn't because of something you didn't do or because of something that you did then there are other times where what they're observing is very very painful yet they're they're more the observer to it because they've already lived that life so it would be very different for them if they were sitting here telling me the same story in current life so it is emotional but it's not the same level that it is if you were sitting here right now telling me about that loss. Have you come across, have you come across people who have a phobia in this life and it's because of how they died in a previous life? Oh yes. Um, I'd love to hear some of those. Cause like, this is always, we don't understand in psychology, a lot of it, like why we have these phobias and people say it's early childhood experience, but often there isn't anything in the early childhood. And it could make sense that like some deeper subconscious knowledge from something else is affecting it. So I'm always curious about these types of stories. Well, you know, like a phobia that you have, like if you had a fear of cats, it could be that your fear of cats comes from a past life where you were killed by a tiger. Mm. You know, I've had a couple of times, like one client was a lion tamer and mm. she tamed, he in the past tamed elephants and tigers and was killed by the tiger mm. and has issues with cats, uh, you know, in current life has issues with the cats. Yep. And then other clients have been on the way back to warn the tribe about a warring tribe that was coming and they got killed by a tiger on the way back. And, mm were ashamed that that's how they died. <laughs> you know, Whoa. like, I was a better warrior than that. I should not have died because of a tiger, and I didn't get to warn my tribe, and because of that, they perished. So that can be, this feelings of responsibility to someone else can be carried forward that way. Yep. And then it, these are stories that are not in the book, by the way. Oh, great. But the one I'm about to tell you about is in the book, and I had a client that had an issue with indecision. She just yeah. was so indecisive her whole life. And um, she was a reluctant leader. And it turns out that in her past life, um, we've explored a couple of them. And the one that I include in the book, it's talking about how, as a witch, she was um, responsible for this man. The, the, the um, village had put her in, in charge of this man that had stolen a baby. Mm. And they wanted him to be killed. And what had happened was he and his wife had just lost a baby. His wife was grieving and she, she just insisted that he go find her another child. So he went and found another child, brought it home and got caught. And now they're wanting him to be killed. <laughs> and so the, she's standing there saying, I don't want to kill this man. I know he's not going to do it again. I know what he did is wrong and he knows it too. She's already lost a child. Now she's going to lose a husband. And so that was her indecision. Like, and there's a load uh, of responsibility on her. Uh, she said as a witch for the village, you know, if someone healed and they were well, they were happy with me. But if someone died, then they blamed me. So there was that. 
So when she stood up there in front of everyone in that state of indecision, the father of the child came up and swung the axe and killed her, sliced oh. her jugular. Yeah. Killed her for not killing the man. So this is where some of her indecision comes from. And, um, and so now that man is going to, something's going to happen to him because he killed someone plus the man that stole the baby. All of that <laughs> karmic since, rift. Exactly. And, um, and her guide said, look at what happened. Regardless of your indecision, someone still got killed. So you needed to make a decision, yes, right or wrong. You needed to make a decision. And then they carried that over into her current life and showed her lots of examples of how she, you know, has been indecisive. And she had, she had three decisions to make in her current life. And they were saying, it doesn't matter which one you pick. The one you pick will be the right one. Exactly. Just pick something. Pick something. That's usually the, that's usually <laughs> how it has to go. Just what are we having for dinner? I just pick something. I'm starving. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Uh, uh, another question that I, I have since it's it's my favorite, you know, it's Halloween, spooky time of year. Have you come across any people who were witches, burnt at the stake, or otherwise, you know, punished for you know using the energetic arts or qualities that they had in other eras where it wasn't as acceptable? Yes. In fact. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and share this. I have not shared this on any of the other radio shows. Cool. Um, in one of my own sessions, I was burned as a witch. Mm. So no I'm coming out of L.A. I'm making that transition, studying hypnosis, past life regression. I'm working with Roger Wolger, and we're having this class, and it's in this room. It's this round room that a lot of rock stars used to use that for recording. Because I had this round rounded ceiling about three stories up. And um, what had happened was he had these long classes. Like when I teach my students, we're not there until 11 o'clock at night. Right. But Roger would start at eight o'clock in the morning. We would go through the day, have a nice break in the middle of the day, start up after dinner and go till 11 o'clock. And there were about 30 of us in this circle. And we were sitting up against the wall kind of, and our feet were out in the middle. And I was kind of like zoned in and out and I found him so interesting and I just didn't want to miss anything that he was saying. And my feet started heating up and I'm going, that is wild. What is going on? I mean, that's uncomfortable now. Yeah. And as the day went on, it started getting worse and worse. And so by the next day, um, we're sitting in that circle in that same room. And um, I said to Roger on a break, I said, Roger, I don't know what's happening, but my feet are getting hot. And it's like my arms want to go behind my back and my wrists be like together. They're like pull, like something's drawing them behind my back and my, like my wrist coming together. And he, he started rubbing his hands and he goes, oh, Bren, this is a juicy one. We need to explore this. And I said, what? And he goes, you're going to be the demo. I said, what? Oh, <laughs> so he put me in the middle of the room when we came. He goes, come on, everyone, let's come back from break. And he put me in the middle of the room and had me go into those sensory memories. So that's great that you talked about this because these are where sense memories are pulling up past yes. life memories, past life recall. And is that something that happens commonly, would you say? Um, well, it can happen with people. It was the situation, I'm in that setup yeah. for a week. And as you know, you can lead someone there through a session 
That's not my typical way of guiding them, but it can happen. I see. So as I went into that past life, I was being burned at the stake. The Mm. two ladies that were sitting next to me were being burned with me. The two ladies in class, we were all three actresses coming out of LA, making our transition into hypnotherapy, which was interesting. (laughs) We found each other and just happened to find out later that we were actresses. There was that connection. And then they were being burned with me at the stake. We were giving out pamphlets to help women with medical issues. And, you know, we were, we were teaching them how to use herbs to help their bodies. And that's why we were being killed. And there, I saw the whole town, the whole village of people were all there. They were the people that were at this workshop. Wow. One lady, there was one woman. And I sat, and I'm laying there in the middle of the room with my eyes closed. And I pointed to that one woman and I said, she's the one that turned us in. She knew that we weren't hurting anyone. She's the one that did it. So then we did this whole clearing and forgiveness and all of that. Because I really didn't have an issue with her in the in the class. Yeah. But she did stand out to me. Yeah. She yeah. seemed to be a little negative. I'll say that. But that's it. I noticed that she just seemed to be a little negative, kind of negative, critical comments to, about herself, maybe others too, but especially about herself. And then we cleared whatever that was from that past life. But that was all brought on from those sense memories in my feet of heating up with the fire. And um, and so that room with the rounded top, when I was releasing some stuff, I might have screamed a little bit. <laughs> and it echoed up oh, through nice. the dome and back down. It was dramatic. And it was kind of wild. You guys you are all at, you know, Hollywood. It's like it's macabre. It's fabulous. You know what exactly. I mean? I think it's great. <laughs> you don't scream as much in my sessions. You know, Roger right. Wolver, he did use psychodrama. I yeah. tend not to use that in yeah. my sessions. But if it does happen, I do know what to do. <laughs> yes. I mean, well, that's a really cool story. Thank you so much for being the first show to share that on. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, what, you're, re- you're reminding me of something, which is that I wonder how you feel about this, that sometimes we access these memories, these repressed or regressed memories um, in an alternate state of consciousness. So not necessarily through, um, say, hypnotherapy, but like in dreams Mm -hmm. or psychedelics. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with DMT, the spirit molecule, um, but there are full like books written about people who DMT it's, you know, it's, it's what's in our pineal gland, but there are ways to ingest it. When when you drink it, it's ayahuasca. When it's processed, it's DMT people talking, literally people who have done DMT and they meet these spiritual advisory councils of, of otherworldly beings like around a table, planning their life and giving them advice. And people call them the DMT elves. They call them the spirit guides, but it's just reminding me of this. And I'm wondering if it's the same place. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, okay. So my thoughts on using the drugs, you don't have control. I mean, I guess you're working with a practitioner who's helping with that. So sometimes people are, I, I can't really speak to that. However, what you just described is without the drugs is, what clients describe when they're meeting with their soul advisory council. And sometimes it's in a room. Sometimes it's in an open space. You know, they'll take on different forms depending on what that client needs that day. And, um, 
and to to let them know that they're supported, mm-hmm. that they're loved, and that they're not alone, and to help them clarify why they're here. Yes. It's just interesting to hear that same theme coming up on a completely different kind of path, but it's still something that is supposed to connect to the kind of the unconscious or the subconscious. I mean, I know Um, a little bit about that. I just don't know enough to really speak to it. Um, But but it does sound similar to the description. It's it's an interesting concept. Um, And for me, where I'm going with it is dreams. So I'm a very, very active dreamer. And I'm pretty convinced that I've, I've had dreams that are like definitely past lives, like that mm. I'll see it, I'll see the entire dream like a movie and it'll play beginning to end. And then in the same night of sleep, play all the way backwards and then all the way forwards again. And oh, wow. I remember all of it when I wake up, like I've had where it's like, I'm, I've had so many different ones, but I know exactly what it is. And I know every place and every person and it goes back and forth and back and forth. And I I don't know why, but I don't do like, I haven't ever done um, like a proper hypnosis regression therapy, which is part of why I wanted to have you on the show because I'm curious and now I definitely want to do it. Um, But yeah, I'm just wondering, like, is is dream? Because that could that be what that is going on in my brain? Help. Yes, <laughs> dreams are a way that they connect. You yes. know, often we don't remember our dreams, or when we're waking up, we get distracted if we don't sit there and write them down as soon yeah. as we awaken. Um, you know, when the conscious starts to come fully back in. Yes. Um, but you know, when you're going to sleep, you're passing through the hypnotic state to get yes. into that deeper space. Your brain waves. And when you're change. waking up, you're passing that too. And when you're doing creative things um, or driving, driving um, like on a long stretch of highway that you've driven, you know, like we have an interstate here that goes from one part of the state all the way across. Mm -hmm. You could just get on that and drive for seven, eight hours. And um, it's you're in the zone and you can tune in to all kinds of things. (laughs) Um, So that's how, you know, the guides are speaking in session. Right. I'm I'm helping to use my voice relaxed, relaxing music, breathing, all of those things to help. I'm, I'm suggesting to the client and then they're taking that information and letting themselves relax and going into that deeper space. And they are tapping into that wisdom within them. And then they're telling me what's happening. But what this is doing is creating an opening. And then I'm giving suggestion that is helping keep that opening um, aligned, grow, you know, growing stronger so that they can start recognizing ways that their guys have already been connecting with them. Yes. yes. I was going to ask you about that. Um, because one of the things that I liked about your book is you have different exercises, mm-hmm. um, for people to connect. And I think that's, that's a common question that we hear in this realm is how do I find my spirit guides? How do I talk to my spirit guides? What can I do to, to bring myself more into a meditative state? Um, And I was just wondering if you had some advice on that. Yes. So your guides are speaking to you. Um, You know, they may come through um, an image grabbing your attention. They may come through a phrase. They may come through. um, So it could come visually, auditorially. It can come through a feeling of recognition. Those angel numbers you see, you know, that that could be a way that your guides are communicating. It can be all kinds of things like that. The thing is to start recognizing patterns and Mm -hmm. recognizing, oh, every time I see that double 11 on the clock, 
I get this feeling and then I feel like I'm, I feel like someone's communicating with me or I feel like I'm being told I've got your back, you know, those kinds of messages that might come through while you're trying to learn what that feels like. Then you can start asking for guidance. Then you can say, okay, I need some help with this. What should I do? And then you can learn how to step away from the conscious mind and into that deeper part of self so that you can get guidance from your soul. You can get guidance from your team. You know, we didn't really mention um, the soul part as much, but your soul is back in the spirit world. You know, you and I are sitting here talking to each other and all the listeners However, all of our souls are back at home in the cosmic realms. The piece of soul comes down into a physical body and incarnates, but it's connected back to the home base, to the home, mm-hmm. the, the bigger part. And so that bigger part of soul is in that meeting along with the soul advisory council and the, um, the other members of the soul, your soul group may be there as well as your spirit guides and planning out things. And so when clients go into this deeper state, they connect with their soul. Mm -hmm. They sometimes start speaking to me in the third person about themselves. They have their soul name, beautiful names. Sometimes they're beyond pronunciation on this planet, but these beautiful names come through and that's their eternal name. And um, I'll have a conversation with the soul about the client. And what's so interesting about that is the, the soul is talking about the client who's in the chair, <laughs> their body. And they're saying, here's what she's doing wrong, or here's what she could improve on. Oh, you know? wow. Do clients remember this when they come out of it? Yes. Wow. Yes. That's very profound and probably a little confusing at first. I'm sure. Well, you know, you know, they, they're, it's kind of exciting for them. Sure. They're like, wow, I heard myself talking about myself and it's like I was just standing back listening while you were just having a conversation about me. (laughs) Yep. That's, you know, it's kind of amazing, right? That that's even possible. Do you think everybody, everyone has a soul? Everyone has an infinite soul, limitless soul? Is that the right way to say it? It might seem like some do not. (laughs) But every, (laughs) everyone, all the humans here, have souls and, and even a couple of special, um, special animals have souls, not every animal, but, um, there are some that do. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, every, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Yeah. Every soul is part of the divine plan. Mm-hmm. Everyone, even the ones that you don't like, the ones you think aren't doing what you think they should be doing. The, the ones who aren't doing anything, it seems like, and the ones who are doing everything. If, if one of those souls was not here, it would change the lives of all the other people, other souls that it's connected to. So what is the take home message here? I mean, are we here to kind of squash the beef, so to speak, of all of the past conflicts we've had through all of these lives, particularly, you know, human history, very violent conflicts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are we here to kind of karmically, you know, forgive each other? Um, are, are we here to each grow on our individual journey and trust that, you know, we're supposed to be where we're going to be? What is your, I'm just curious because I think there's so much going on here. What is your feeling? Well, you know, each soul is on their own track. 
each soul is progressing along their own soul's journey and what we're, we're working on. But ultimately, it's about love. So yes, as you work it. through the emotions, as you work through the forgiveness, it doesn't mean those things won't, won't happen. You know, you won't get upset with someone. But maybe you can move through it a little quick, more quickly now with that understanding or you won't hold on to it in your energy so it won't dim your light. And, you know, the, we're, what we're doing in these Sessor sessions is uncovering the mysteries of the soul and all of its own incarnations to the, give the client more information now. But it's also about magnification of one's soul for greater alignment. Do you think it goes on forever to infinity or do you think at some point once you've learned everything you need to know, like, you know, like Buddhism, yeah. <laughs> you reach your state of nirvana. I mean, what do you think that ever happens? I'm just well, curious. I think it's a little different than that. I mean, yes, you do achieve that, but then but here's my experience through many, many client sessions. Um, the soul can, at some point, stop incarnating by choice or guidance that now it's time to, for them to stop incarnating on Earth, but they may go on to other planets. Mm. You know? They may have a couple of stops here, and then they go there, or they may have more stops here, and then they go on to be um, helpers, spirit guides, guides, move up the ranks. So as souls are in those levels of spirit guide, and soul advisory council, we're helping them advance with their work on the other mm. side. It doesn't stop when we stop incarnating and incarnating as humans, because then we our soul advances and experiences in those ways. But at some point we stop incarnating on earth and then we go somewhere else. What awesome. order we do that, it, you know, it's not the same for every person. And it's also like um, air traffic control. Yeah. Um, I always think of the the there's a there's a there's a soul out there whose sole job is to <laughs> stand there with those little lights and guide the souls in. Okay, you gotta come in now. You gotta leave, you know, <laughs> getting everybody lined up. I mean, it's amazing all that like takes that. place just for you to have the life that you have. Yeah. Multiply that by every plant, every person on the planet. Oh, wow. And maybe in the multiverse and the galaxy, too. Yeah. Um, and we all agreed to come in at this time. You know, we all yeah. said, I'm going to be here on this planet in 2019. Right. You know, so you come in with your generation, yes, your generational group, your family group, your um, ancestral lineage for this incarnation. But you might be of a different ancestral lineage physically. In another, you don't always incarnate back into the same families. Right. There's sometimes you do. Or sometimes you have different roles, right, in the same kind of group. But one yeah. will be, you'll be a child one time and the parent the next time. Yeah. And, and sometimes a miscarried child will come through in session yeah. and say, it wasn't time for me to come all the way in. I'm coming yeah. in later. I'll be back. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So do you think like, so we got we to close the show. That went by real fast. <laughs> Um, Bryn, awesome. But I just want to say, you know, we're living in these very fragmented, stressful times when, you know, the children of the world are, are panicking about the future of the earth and maybe rightly so. And, um, there's so much stress and uncertainty and 
uh, you know, trolling online and people fighting each other. And like, mm. I guess maybe part of this message, like you said, is love and is like having a little bit of faith and trust that, you know, we're all on this journey together, wherever it's going to take us. Maybe we signed up for it beforehand, knowing we were going to have to find ourselves in a difficult position. Um, but maybe that, I don't know, this is my opinion, maybe that, you know, freaking out at each other might not be the best way to really progress as a species. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, can you speak to that a little bit just to close the show? Well, you are here by design, not by accident. And you're not alone and you're loved. Mm -hmm. So when you can understand more about your place in this world and why you're here and to know that you're here on purpose for a purpose, then you can see more, you can look at your fellow man differently. You don't react from a fearful place. You react from a calmer, more grounded space. And in doing that, you're able to help somebody else do the same thing. So that instead of spreading that chain reaction of fear, yes, you're helping to spread a chain reaction of groundedness, of level-headedness. And, you know, if you are uh, someone who's more aware, let's say, than others around you, then this is an opportunity to help awaken them, but not by preaching, not by, you know, Mm -hmm. pushing your dogma down there, you know, your belief system on them. It's just they will start to either gravitate to you because you are more grounded or they'll go somewhere else. Because you won't line up vibrationally. Yep. I think that's a really nice way to close the show today. Thank you. <laughs> it's, got, you know, you could be a leader and you can lead from a quiet place of calm rather yes. than by screaming the loudest, I think is, is actually a really nice way of looking at it and kind of could give a lot of people relief right now. Um, There's Bryn, a story thank- in the book that talks about leadership and how you put your passion into it, right? Yes. Yes. You put yes. your passion into what you do, not worrying about um, so much contriving the outcome, but by being in the moment now, and that that helps create a more positive outcome. Absolutely. And, and that's really what flow is all about anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book, you guys, is called The Limitless Soul by Bryn Blankenship, and you can find it now. It's out, right? Yes. Awesome. It's out through online, through all major booksellers and stores. Fabulous. And um, well, that's it. That's all we have time for today. Bryn, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really lovely. And actually, oh, thank I, you, I, Dr. I, Kelly. I, I enjoyed this. It's yeah, so I really did. I'm kind of in a better mood now than I was when I started, oh, <laughs> which is always a good thing. Uh, I was in a pretty good mood to start with, though, I got to be honest, because I get to be back on the air. Um, guys, don't forget, you know, we're Lucid Planet's back now, first Wednesday of every month. And lucidplanet.com, you can hear this show as well as all of our other ones, as well as iTunes on SoundCloud. Um, Stay tuned for Sex Positive, February 2020. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. Oh, and by the way, my next show is also all about tantric sex. So if you're with me and you're into that kind of stuff, please tune in on, I think it's November 7th. In the meantime, um, spread love good vibes and uh, take care. And thanks again to Bryn for coming on the show. You've been listening to the hit show, Lucid Planet Radio with renowned psychologist and author, Dr. Kelly Neff. Tune in as we illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. 
This hit show will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake up to the greatest version of yourself. Learn how to navigate the global shift of consciousness as you explore the deeper knowledge, passion, and purpose within. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for upcoming show topics and to contact Dr. Kelly. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.